beautiful beings, and welcome to another episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. With your host, Bella Griffin, I am excited to invite another inspiring sister onto today's episode. Her name is Courtney Noel. Not only is she a female entrepreneur and owner of Earth, Rhythm, and Womb, but Courtney is also a birth doula, intuitive movement facilitator, and much more. Throughout this episode, we talk about women empowerment and rewriting our story. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here, and let's get started. Before I start this episode, I'd like to announce that Plant Lady Podcast is now a proud partner with Ioba Toys. Ioba Toys was born of the desire to empower females and those with a vagina by helping to destigmatize both masturbation and the topic of sex in general. Not only do they want to be an innovative sex toy company, but also one that helps change the industry for the better. Speaking of, their famous Oh My G G-Spot vibrator is next level. Not only is it a unique massaging pearl design that hits your G-Spot every time, but it's noiseless and completely silent, ladies. Yes, completely silent. You can now use code PLANTLADY for 30% off of your purchase at iobatoys.com. That's PLANTLADY, P-L-A-N-T-L-A-D-Y, for 30% off of your purchase at iobatoys.com. Or you can head to the description part of this podcast and click the link to purchase yours. And without further ado or any more interruptions, we'll get into the episode. Enjoy. So I love the interweb for connecting us, first of all. I love the connections that I've been just aligning. And I think you started, I think we first connected off a little plant lady. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, who is she? Like I (laughs) had to know. And then you started just like sharing all of this like wild woman wisdom and just like all of these free bleeding. I was just like, yes, like you inspired so much. I feel like of what I do. So mm-hmm. I would love to maybe start with just you, however you feel called to describe like what you do, what you offer like in your sessions and what you offer like for the divine feminine. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> um, so my name is Courtney Noel and my biz alter ego is Earth Rhythm and Womb. And yeah, my business and my offerings have been evolving and growing alongside me as I expand and find new inspirations my offerings are kind of just birthing alongside of me so currently what I do is uh, my main things are I do one-on-one sessions with women right now I hope one day to make it open to all genders but right now my passion is really in bringing women back to their bodies and so sessions we utilize pleasure, breath, movement, um, body scans, just to bring a space, hold a container for an individual to come back to their body, listen to that innate wisdom that's in your body. And it's really about like resensitizing yourself and de-armoring yourself to come back to like, what is your center? Who are you? What feels like truth in your body? And so that's kind of a little blurb on my sessions. Um, 
And then my business as a whole, I really love doing workshops and group calls. Those are my favorite. I love the energy that's so tangible when multiple women are together in a space. So I do twerk shops, sacred twerk shops. Um, those are my favorite offerings. I just, I love it so much. Um, yeah, we can talk more about that. Yeah, later. we'll get into that for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so twerk shops, moon ceremonies, and then some other little side projects that I'm I'm not announcing yet, but I'm birthing in the next season. So yeah, the direction my work is heading is very focused on pleasure and sensuality and sexuality and um, the body as this portal for pleasure and for love and connection to yourself and that and then connection to everything else as this like full body feeling fuck yes sensation like that's what oh, I'm like getting goosebumps because that's what lights me up is like the full body connection and being so grounded in that that you just like move through life with that confidence and that embodiment so yeah, yeah. And yeah. what a beautiful reflection of like your own growth that as you grow and ebb and flow that, you know, this passion of you walking in your truth and standing in your power, like is now reflected yeah. for you to give that to other women and just remind them that, Hey, like you have the power to do it. It's right here in your hands. Like you yeah. got this. Yeah, definitely. I'd actually love to share a little more into that because, um, just that timeline of, me as a space holder, as someone that holds sacred containers, I feel like the challenges present themselves to me the season before I start to hold that for other people. So an example is I just found out, um, I actually haven't shared this anywhere yet on social media, but I just found out a week ago that I'm likely not fertile right now um, because my hormones are all super wacky. And it's really interesting because six months ago, I made a vow to myself that I was going to shift my work into pleasure and the moon cycles and womb health and sex and sensuality and embodiment. And then I felt like there needed to be some more work on my end that needed to be done before I could really birth that from my core. And now I'm faced with this very physical external challenge of I'm seeing a pelvic floor therapist, taking hormone therapy, taking all of these supplements, and alongside spending every day relaxing my pelvic floor, breathing into my womb, having sacred pleasure ses sessions. And so, yeah, it's just really beautiful how that timeline works with like doing the work so then you can hold space for others doing the work. Oh my gosh, yes. That reflection is so pure and like so... Ah, oh, yes, I can relate to as I took this journey home to like my reclaiming my womb space and really just becoming comfortable with my blood and my moon cycle and welcoming it instead of dreading it every single month. And there's this timeline of like me working through that and starting to embody all of these new like underwear and period cups and changing, like shifting all of the things that, you know you awakened all that stuff. And then a few months later, I started to create the free bleed underwear. And that was purely out of the desire for me to have my own pair. So mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful reflection that when you like are giving yourself that time and that love and that like really cleaning your mirror, you know, and like doing the work and it's just reflects in your external and brings in so much 
Yeah, it's so beautiful. I love that you did free bleed underwear. That's a huge step in your business. I was so stoked when I saw that you were doing that. <laughs> I yeah. me as well. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. So um, I really feel passionate about the the trigger warnings versus the energetic consent. It's a block, so you continue scrolling rather than um, maybe if it wasn't there and you would have continued reading it, maybe that post would have inspired you and maybe it would have been someone who went through something similar and got through to the other side and is sharing, like finally releasing this weight and like sharing this, something that could have, you know, been a stepping stone on your growth. But I feel like continuing to scroll is like that cycle, like the continuing of like the cycle. And then each time you hit that trigger, you just keep, you know, going through that same block and the same boundary until we can, break through it and feel it and hold space and be like, it's okay to feel these things and to, and to put them out there and talk about them and to like express them. If you feel mm -hmm. called to and knowing that that's yeah. your truth and you deserve to put it out there and be heard and people will, will hear you even though, you know, it's like so scary at first when you like put that truth out there, you're like, I don't know what the backlash is going to be, but I found I'm not sure. I feel like you have as well found that it's more positive feedback than, than negative in that. And it's so rewarding when you can have like that love and support and feel held in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had some people reply to that post saying, well, what if I use social media to escape or what if it's my space for entertainment? I don't want to have to be constantly doing the work. It's already exhausting enough. And I totally honor that. And I think I'm coming from this perspective where social media really is this space for me to either grow and evolve and connect or I shouldn't be using it. And so I understand there's so many different perspectives and how people approach social media. But I do think there's an aspect of media that is out of our control. And so going into it with that knowledge that, again, no one's going to protect you. There could be something that pops up that is triggering. So really checking in with yourself. And I think that's what we should be focusing on is having more guidance and education on how important it is to check in with yourself before you do things, before you choose, I'm going to spend time on social media today. Ask yourself, is that really what's best for my mental health right now? And I think that's where the focus should be directed to. Um, but yeah, so trigger warnings, I feel a little iffy about them. Energetic consent, I feel, is a fuck yes. I love the practice of energetic consent and think that it's something everyone should start to utilize in their relationships and in social media. Um, so an example of not using energetic consent, I get messages in my inbox a lot on Instagram, and I will get sometimes weekly I'll get someone just dumping word vomit of some really traumatic triggering things with sexual abuse and relationships and um, I'm just going through my messages and I click it and instantly I have this novel and I'm going to read it you're at least going to skim it and I'll see those words and um, I've had to be really clear with my boundaries with people that choose to engage with me that way and either not reply to give them a moment to reflect on how that was inappropriate or say if I'm feeling more in my power to express my truth I'll say hey I really 
appreciate that you feel called to reach out to me, but moving forward, please always ask my permission first before opening a space where I'm now holding space for your emotions because that is boundaries and we have to respect boundaries because we never know where someone is or where someone might be triggered by something. And so I just think it's super important to just say a simple thing of, hey, are you in the space to receive some words? Or are you in the space to hold space for some heaviness for me? And that alone is so powerful because it gives both people, both parties, the moment of sacred pause. So when you ask someone that, it gives you the opportunity to ask yourself, why am I really asking for support? What do I really need right now? And if they can't offer it to me, will I be able to self-soothe? Will I be able to then go and hold space for myself? And the person receiving, the one that you're asking to hold space for you, it gives them a moment of sacred pause because then they can sit for a moment and check in and say, hmm, do I have the energy right now to hold space? What are my boundaries? What's my relationship with this person? And then gives them a moment to actually drop in to where they're present if they do choose to hold space. So I just fucking love energetic consent for that. That as well. And especially as women who, um, you know, with a presence, with a very, I feel we both have an influential presence. It's just the way that we, you know, are embodying ourselves. And I um, can relate to that experience because I feel women feel called to maybe reach out to us because they're inspired or they're just like so um, in love with like what we're doing and love and want to be on that path that they're just like reaching out just out of like, how can I get there? And mm-hmm. in the past I've been very passive with it and just like, okay, I'll take like a deep breath and then I'll get back to that message. You know, and I've always taken the time like to respond to that, even though I'm like, Oh man, sometimes people just like dump their stuff on me. And I was offering sessions on my website, you know, and that's another thing is that I'm over here spending hours of my day responding to messages and helping women have emotion, like breakthroughs and breaking down barriers and sending them voice messages. Like you got this girl, keep going, you know, but then, you know, nobody's paying for my time or booking any sessions via like the link in my bio, you know, because I'm, giving out that energy here. So I definitely feel like there is a time and a space to, when you feel called to share that energy, to give that consent and be willing to open the space first before you just unload on, onto people. And I know how it feels to be unloaded onto and just like, okay, now I got my baggage and this person's baggage and this person's baggage and this person's, and then you just get burnt out and overwhelmed and it's, it's not healthy for, for anyone. Yeah. And that's such a, I love that you brought up the point of this is the work that we do. So also understanding our own boundaries of where's the line between, I want to be present for this human that's obviously going through a hard time, but I also need to honor the work that I do and honor that this is my livelihood and how I make money and also spend my energy and time. And I think that's something that has been really challenging to learn as an entrepreneur in this uh, wellness holistic coaching industry is like balancing business and just being 
like there for people to care <laughs> yeah. about. It's so challenging. Yeah. Um, something that I started doing is if someone comes into my messages on a specific topic or they have a question on something really, really specific, I'll say, I'll respond and say, thank you so much. I'd love to share more on this. I'll make a post about it later this week. And so that's still acknowledging what they're saying and responding, but also having it be content that you're also creating so that you're um, like killing tubers with one stone almost. You're like creating something for yourself and still addressing what they needed support on. So I think that's a really good thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And women, a lot of times women, I feel have a lot of the same questions. So you know, when you answer, when you make a post like about that, it's not specifically for that one person because you know mm -hmm. that it's going to serve a lot of women um, in that way, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so energetic consent and energetic boundaries, they work definitely on the online social media space, but I think it's really important to incorporate them into your relationships and your friendships, your family, all relationships. Um, an example is my partner goes snowboarding and he goes from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So it's a really long day. And I, I don't know about you, but in one day I can have so many breakthroughs or so much stuff to just share with the people that I love. And so in one day that I have by myself, <laughs> I feel like I have a whole year's worth of word vomit to also share with my partner so something i've had to learn is when he walks through the door and he's exhausted has just drove two hours from the mountain to sit with myself as excited as i am and say wait he probably needs some time to decompress and then go up to him and say hey i have so much i want to share with you let me know when you're in this space to listen and that's been huge because my partner, he's a cancer and he's a really lovely human and he finds so much purpose in holding space. Like he's totally that mother archetype energy and um, he has a really hard time setting boundaries. So not only does energetic consent help you, but it also allows the other person to learn how to set boundaries and to check in with themselves. So that's been really healing in our relationship is just that moment again for a sacred pause, for asking ourselves, am I in the space? And that's everything. It is everything. I can definitely relate. I do the same thing. I'm like giggling while you're saying this because <laughs> my partner, you know, like on the flip side, when you don't ask for that energetic consent, it's like, I see him like getting a little flustered and frustrated because he didn't get the time to decompress when he walked in because I'm just really excited and I want to tell him all of the things that happened and all of the breakthroughs that I had. And um, it is really, it's, it's a beautiful ebb and flow, but yes, the boundaries are, are so important. And when you start incorporating them into your life and using them in a social media way, in a relationship or in a family, it really, once you start doing it once, you really embody that power of saying no when you feel in your heart you need to say no. And saying yes when you feel you need to say yes. Like it goes both ways of just listening and you feel it. Like once you start putting up those boundaries, like, wow, I don't have to do things just because I feel bad or I feel guilty or I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being able, when someone tells you no, being able to receive a no. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important too. 
um, not having expectations, not assuming that your partner, that your friend is going to be able to be there because if they're not, <laughs> boundaries isn't then shaming them or being mad at them for not being able to hold space. It's then going and saying, okay, how can I love myself right now? How can I self-soothe? How can I create space for my own process of healing? And that's been really huge for me too. So yeah, I have um, two examples of healing through triggers, if you'd like to hear them, that have happened recently. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Please do uh, share. Yeah, so, oh, okay, so the first one, um, the first one is an example of me creating space to heal through my own trigger. And what happened was, my partner and I were cuddling and we were being really playful and he went to tickle me, which he normally doesn't do because I'm not ticklish, but he was just in that really playful, like, I just want to rap. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he went to tickle my, my one tickle spot is right underneath my butt cheek um like right in that fold on your inner thigh and he went to grab it and something in my body just I didn't want to be touched there and so I said stop first playfully and so he kept going and that moment of me saying stop because my body didn't want to be touched and then someone a man continuing to touch me in the spot that I just asserted a boundary for instantly sent me into a trigger response from a moment that I was raped and that I said stop to my rapist and then he continued to penetrate me. And even though it was on a much smaller scale and with my partner who I adore and love and I feel trust with, um, it still brought up that feeling. And I instantly felt like I was being attacked and I started screaming stop, stop, stop and he instantly realized that something had shifted drastically and he stopped and he said the look in my face looked like I had been traumatized and um I have a very beautiful partner that's aware of these things and so I'm very grateful but he instantly held me and said you're safe you're safe you're safe and um that made a huge difference but i still felt like there needed to be more healing i could feel the the trauma response and that looks like so many different things for other people but um it can be sweating heat fluctuations getting really cold shaking crying disassociating and i kind of started going through all of those responses um and he just instantly went what do you need? Do you, do you want me to draw you a bath? Like, do you do we need a body shake? Like, what do we need to do? And I was really feeling that I needed to hold space for myself. As much as it's beautiful to have a partner that wants to do that, I was really, my body was telling me, you need to heal this yourself. Um, and so I said, you know, I think I can do it on my own. Can you just, can you hold sacred space from far away? I'm going to go into the living room. And I went into the living room and one of my favorite practices is crying as a practice and holding space for those emotions to come up and then releasing them with screaming, grunting, crying, shouting, moaning, whatever it is, whatever that energy needs to move through as. And so I went and put a three song playlist on. So I have this very specific container, three songs, and I got 
into a cat cow position on my four knees and I just started moaning and and grunting and doing a low grumble almost and eventually the pain and the emotion started to arise and I spent those three songs just like moving and shouting and punching the ground and I really do feel like I released the pain that I was still carrying from that experience and that doesn't mean that it's never not going to be there or that I'm not going to be triggered again but just having that moment of healing through that trigger was so powerful and I really felt I could feel the layers being pulled away it was so profound yeah yeah that is beautiful thank you for sharing and being here to speak your truth yeah I'm really happy that you shared I over the summer kind of went through a similar experience, you know, with like the holding space thing and going, having a partner that holds space, divine masculine is rising, so beautiful. But um, yeah, and I just, in my experience, crying is so, so healing. And the way that, you know, I grew up is crying is a very, something that happens behind, you know, closed doors and it's not like expressed or put out there. So to allow myself just the simple space to cry and to literally hold myself like a baby. And I just like cradled myself and just for a moment, just pretended like I was a mother and a child, you know, like I was my own mother to my child self and just like shooting myself and saying, I love you and it's okay and it's safe and you're safe now. And yeah, just like that reminder that you can cry, you can release. And then um, transmuting that into like the expression of vocal expression, like grunting and maybe hitting pillows and then dancing and twerking and all the things and just like transmuting that, that feeling and dances something that is my medicine at, at this moment, honestly. And I had a lot of triggers come up from a very early age around, around the dancing because, um, you know, when you go into middle school, they have like dance teams and things. And I tried out and I was like, so excited, you know, like when you do something as a child and you're like ready, you're so confident. And, um, I didn't make it. So I always had like this, deep like part of me that needed to be healed that I was still allowed to dance even though I wasn't a dancer I wasn't like didn't have like dance lessons or a dance background or I didn't make the team like I had all of these voices in my head that would always talk over when I would go to dance or go to post things on Instagram of me dancing because that is a big out there you know that feels scary every time I do it even today so allowing yourself the space to be vulnerable and to push yourself out of your comfort zone and to just hold that space and tell yourself it's okay it's the most healing medicine it's medicine and how empowering is that that every time you dance now it's telling that middle school girl you are worthy of being seen you're so worthy of being witnessed in your expression and how beautiful is that and then by you, especially with social media, by you posting it, it gives permission to other women that maybe feel nervous to dance and show up in that way. And that's just like rewriting that narrative 
that your little, the little girl, the little you is like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, fuck yes, you are. <laughs> it's just. Yes, let's dance and twerk and who cares? Who cares who sees it? Like reclaiming, you know, the twerking too, which is like what we're going to get into today. But just reclaiming that, you know, that's not, it doesn't have to be like sexualized. I don't know. I feel like in my eyes, my middle school, high school self-twerking was like something you did at the club, you know, to like look cute in front of boys. And it was like always for an alternative like motive. It wasn't for me. It was for the external, like how I looked and how I danced and um, how it made others feel. Yeah. And something I, that's so valid and so true and a really good realization. And something that I've also came to realize in my twerk shops and just my own journey with dancing is I fucking love that aspect of dancing. I love being witnessed. I love being sexual. I love the reaction that that sexual energy evokes in a space. I love a man witnessing me being sensual and like, I love it. I love the attention and I love that exchange and that's for me, but it's also for the opportunity to be seen and that's something that I've had to heal because I was a stripper and that's um a whole chapter (laughs) but um that journey of being a stripper and dancing and being naked for the male gaze for money was really traumatic at times but the aspect I did like about it was that feeling of being on a stage and being the center of the room and like all of that energy being directed towards you and so I really had to learn how to pull the positive aspects of that chapter into my practice now and when I was making that transition I really shamed my stripper self I had a lot of guilt and I had a lot of um yeah shame I put on that version of myself and so I shut out the version of myself that really likes to be witnessed and really likes that um, energy dynamic. And so it's been really healing to pull those little pieces of that chapter into my practice now. Be like, fuck yeah, I can twerk. And it's really cool when people say, (laughs) like, I don't know, like, I love. (laughs) You're good at it. Is that what you're going to say? When people say you're really good at it because you are? Because you literally are. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You're so cute. You're blushing. I love it. (laughs) I love it. But yes, thank you for for offering up that perspective because it just gave me the realization that, yes, I can still embody that, that I can still take those positive aspects of that and incorporate it into what I do and expressing that oh, expressing that sensuality through dance is just the most like it's the biggest release it feels so freaking good to just let it all go and to just like move in ways that feel good and I've been like moving with my hips lately too so that's been like a big big yeah. thing yeah I've been um trying to get into belly dancing, learning more of those Mm -hmm. hip isolations. And it's so fun. It's just fun. It's so exciting. And and when you see your body moving in that way, it's like exhilarating to just Mm -hmm. feel it and feel that, especially in the hips where we store so much 
energy and so much stagnancy and, and trauma sometimes. It's just really beautiful to use dance as this way to like spiral that through our body and then like just like release it as we're moving. It's so powerful. Yeah. And a lot of times I feel I've had, you know, dance experiences where, you know, you move like that and sometimes things come up and sometimes I physically feel like a release when I move through those things. And music has a big play in it as well, you know, starting with, you know, the build up and the twerking and all of like the embodiment, static dance, and then starting to like slow down with soft and peaceful loving music that makes me feel held and I can start getting into that um, yin energy and unwinding and really mm -hmm. cradling myself and like holding space for all of those those things that come up yeah have you heard of um have you heard of Michaela Boehm's non-linear movement practice are you familiar with that no I don't think so no um it's basically just what we're describing but Michaela Boehm I read her book the wild I think it's a wild woman's way the wild woman's way I don't know we can I'll send you a note what it is um but she just talks about using non-linear movement every day as a daily practice and so it's basically what we already have been describing but setting one to two songs and every morning or night or whenever you want to do it turning on those songs and then allowing usually closing your eyes and just like feeling your body and letting it move exactly how it wants to move without judgment without structure without saying oh i'm gonna move sensual but um oftentimes it's like picking an emotion anger or shame or um just something that's moving through you, frustration, whatever it is, excitement, and letting that move through your body. And so sometimes it's shaking or a lot of like weird flailing movements, but it's you're always moving at least one part of your body. So it's this like really beautiful dance from start to finish where you're never still and you're just like making sure the energy is being moved through through you. And I did that um, when I lived in North Carolina, I was doing that every day and it made a huge difference. I didn't think it would because I already danced so much. I danced daily, but really making it as this like specific practice had a huge impact. Wow. Yeah. And especially just with all the heaviness of, you know, our world and emotions in general, I just feel like waking up and starting your day with like letting go of those stagnant or even at the end of the day you know when you're kind of filled up on all of the day's energy and all of the information that you took in and just allowing yourself that space to like release and kind of like empty out like your thoughts mm -hmm. and everything and all of the emotions or any of the cords that you have attached to maybe the things that happen throughout the day um, and just allowing yourself to like release i feel like such a potent practice yeah and something I want to tell the listeners too as a reminder is that sacred, sacred movement, sacred can be anything. It can be sometimes my sacred movement practice is putting on Rage Against the Machine and headbanging and like <laughs> punching the air and just being <laughs> so nasty and visceral and like masculine and sometimes it's really really soft spiritual music and me holding myself or sometimes it's um 
bringing back the rave court and <laughs> putting on EDM and just going crazy and jumping and twerking on the ground and just everything. And so really like uh, be flexible, have flow, like sacred doesn't have to always be really spiritual music where you're like slowly moving and being really um, still. It can be wild. It can be messy. It can be crazy. It can be really soft. It's really just sacred is whatever your body needs and making it intentional. So, yeah. Yes. I love that point and letting go, allowing yourself to let go of the control of mm -hmm. wanting to look a certain way or be a certain way while you're, while you're doing these things or be like something that you saw or like, I remember when I first started meditating, I would think that, you know, you have to like be a certain way in a certain posture to like meditate and be meditating. But it's really not that it all, it looks different for, for all of us. So just finding that, that center of like, just listening really of where do I need to, where can I show up for myself in this moment right now? What is going to bring me joy? What is going to help me work through these feelings? Mm -hmm. So before we end the episode, what is some advice that you can offer our listeners to just come home to themselves and accept themselves in all of their and all of their phases of their body yeah so when you sent me these questions the first thing that just came to me was as a female tracking your cycle and really having the language and the understanding of what that even means I think is the key to being able to accept yourself at all of your phases because your cycle is these four phases and sometimes you feel amazing you feel empowered and embodied and it's usually during your ovulation and you feel really extroverted and just like in your power and then usually towards the end of your cycle and your last part of your luteal phase you'll feel more tired and not able to give that much energy and if you have imbalances, which a lot of women do, hormone, gut, uh, mental health, that part of your cycle will be even more intense and, and even more challenging for you. So you may experience depression or really, really bad PMS. And um, I know from my experience, there was times before I knew all of this and had knowledge because knowledge is power. Before I had that, I would every month get to that point and I would think I was going crazy. I would literally think that I was losing my mind because I felt so not myself. And the truth is, is that I was myself. My hormones were just at nothing. Your hormones dip at that point in your cycle. And so you do feel really, you need to rest. You need to integrate everything that happened the last month. And so yeah, I just think that that's the biggest advice I could give to a woman is track your cycle, dive into what that means, dive into all aspects of it, you know, how you should be eating during that part of your cycle, what supplements you could take to support yourself, and have practices in place during those times of the month that honor that energy of that phase, because then you'll have just more acceptance and you'll understand your own ebbs and flows and um, have more compassion for yourself when you're at a low and be able to celebrate when you're at a high. Like, I just think that that's the best thing you can do for yourself to accept where you're at. And um, I already kind of touched on it, but the second thing is like having consistent practices and ritual 
and filling that, whether you want to do it with your cycle or the moon or just have some, you know, like your five favorite rituals in your back pocket to pull from when you need them. I just think that that's really, really important because in those moments where you are feeling low, you just use one of your tools and it, it gives you a, it gives you a space to move through it rather than shutting down and just hitting a block and being like, I don't know what to do with myself now. You at least have a roadmap of like, here, here's where we can go from here. Um, yeah, as far as like accepting our physical body, I know our physical body fluctuate a lot as a woman. Um, I'm struggling with gut health and two years ago I was the heaviest I've been and that was actually when I think that I loved my body the most because I had to make a practice of it. If I wasn't sitting every day intentionally and and grabbing my stomach fat and like telling her that I loved her and looking in the mirror and making intention out of loving myself, I would have been very, very depressed because there was so much changing in my physical body. But practice and intention and giving love to those phases and those changes like made me accept it made me accept myself I love you so much thank you for taking the time to just be here and share your energy and share the space and most importantly share your truth yeah thank you for having me I feel so natural like this is our first time talking and actually having a conversation because I feel like we've known each other for years and it's really it just feels easy and that's really beautiful yeah you know that's when the best yeah. conversations are yeah. yeah and my cheeks hurt I can't stop smiling <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been smiling a lot but such a good potent conversation and I'm so grateful I know like all the listeners out there will just have so much to take from this and I'm so so grateful for your time thank you for making time to just do this yeah, no, amazing. I'm really happy it worked out. And I can't wait to see all the conversations you've had already on this podcast are just amazing. So I'm excited to see how it evolves and everything that you birth through it. Wow, I am still buzzing off of the magic that happened in this episode. Big thank you to Courtney again for coming on and sharing your time, your knowledge, and your truth with us. And thank you to all of you who are listening to this now. I truly hope that these episodes can serve you in more ways than one. Don't forget to head to the description part of this podcast to check out all of the links that we mentioned throughout the episode, including the link to Ioba Toys, our proud partner, where you can get a 30% off discount. Thank you again for being here. I love you all so much and I will see you on the next episode.